0: edition of the trade on sports and focused on football premier league betting podcast we're on the penultimate podcast of the season and as usual i'm joined by jimmy kempton how are you doing jimmy fantastic thank you peter how are you mate yeah not bad it and uh well a few strange strange lines and strange results last time but uh yeah we didn't do too um... badly no, did all right. It's, it's that time
1: of season though, where I think you have to really, if you're going to dip your toe in the water, dip it in gently. Don't dive in head first or feet first. But uh, I think there's a couple of
0: opportunities this uh, this midweek, folks. Yeah, well, I I, I, I I've got definitely got uh, a couple here, and uh, well, we shall see. <laughs> right, let's start with uh, Manchester United, Fulham. Uh, Man United won the last time that two sets met. Size met at Old Trafford at home to bottom six sides. Obviously, their record's pretty good. One seven drawn, two lost one. They come off the four two defeat at home to Liverpool. Yeah. Manchester United, they've lost their last two home matches. Uh, coming up against the Fulham side, they've only got one point from the last eight uh, Premier League matches. They lost three one uh, away at Southampton uh, on Saturday. Uh, away at top six sides, one one drawn, one lost five. My ratings are suggesting there's some good value in the under three goals market, but I, I, I just I wouldn't really play that really because you just don't know what, you know, what Fulham are going to turn up.
1: No, but I I get a feeling it's not going to be a very good Fulham that turns up, even if they turn up full strength, Pete, that they may put a performance in before they slip down to the championship, but I probably doubt it. They lost three, one to Southampton. Now, this is an interesting game for United. They're going to want to wrap up this second spot pretty quickly. They've they've got to do it either this game or the game against Wolves at the weekend. I think they'll want to rest players for that Wolves game, bearing in mind they've got that uh, Europa League final against Villarreal next midweek. I'm all over United here, Pete, minus one and a quarter. I can't believe it's not minus one and a
0: half or even greater. I I think United will win this game quite comfortably, mate. Southampton leads next. Southampton... 10 points from the last 12 home matches, which included that 3 1 victory at home to Fulham. At home to mid table sides, 1 3 drawn, 1 lost 6. They're coming against the Leeds side, though, who, when they played the mid table sides, 1 1 nought, drawn, nought, lost 6. That's incredible, really. But they are coming off a very good 4 0 victory away at Burnley. They've won three of the last four away league matches, Leeds. So, so they're finishing the season fairly strongly. The only thing I would say it's some small value under three goals, the line scratch.
1: Yeah, well, we we benefited at the weekend because we took um, Southampton to beat Fulham. And I said a couple of games ago, that if they got a couple of positive results, then they're going to be a side to be betting on rather than betting against in, in the coming weeks. I think I'm going to swerve this one, though, Pete. I mean, under Hassan hotel Southampton have only won 5 of 21 at home to mid-third sides. And this line's priced as scratch. Now, I don't know, do you know who... Um, who leads could emulate this week if they either win or lose this game. No, no, there's only one team. Wolves. In Pre- no, it's Spurs. There's only one team in premier league history. that have gone through a full season without drawing an away game. Oh, wow. And that was Spurs, um, two seasons ago, 2018, 2019, They're nine nine zero nine Pete leads on their travels. Um, the goal line suggesting that there's going to be goals. It should be entertaining. I think Spur, uh, sorry, Southampton are the value, but just because of the way Leeds play, they're very hit and miss. I won't be taking Southampton in this spot, mate.
0: Brighton, Man City next. Uh, City have won all three of the, the recent heads-heads. Brighton... You know, for all we say about them, they've got some mixed home form. 1-2, two, drawn 2, lost 2. Come for one old draw at home to West Ham. A home to top six sides. The record's not too bad. 1-2, drawn 3, lost 5. Come up against the Man City side who've won their last 12 away matches. Come off a very entertaining 4-3 victory away at Newcastle. Way at bottom six sides, as you'd expect. Good. They've won 9, drawn naught, lost 1. I think there's some good value here back in Man City, minus one goal. But, but I, I, you just don't know what they're going to do. You know, they're, they're obviously going to Jigger around with the squad. And I think Brighton may, might be motivated for this game. So I'm going to just leave that alone. But the value is with the away side, obviously.
1: Definitely, Peach. I think there's some really good value. I'm not going to dissuade anybody from taking it. I'm probably not going to do it myself. Now, I know you, you don't really follow XG, do you? No. The expected goals. Well, I saw a tweet out this week from the XG philosophy before they played West Ham. And we we often talk about where 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 is this love for brighton coming from from the bookmakers well the xg philosophy quite a well-known sort of twitter handle i follow it. it is quite good gives you a lot of data i don't always read too much into it but what they said is that brighton are the biggest underperformers in premier league history since their data began about seven years ago they're data metrics suggest that they've underperformed by 22.13 points this season in terms of their expected goals, in terms of the chances that they've created that they believe that should have been taken. That's eight more points they've underperformed by than any team in history. And and we know that the the bookmakers use these models and these these metrics to, to help formulate the prices more than just traditional ways of looking at games. And again here, why is a team that are placed in 17th in the Premier League only a one-goal underdog against the side that are in the Champions League final? I mean, Man City were minus one and three quarters last Friday night at Newcastle. Yeah. It, it's madness. I'm going to take... I would take City. City. It's just that concern, as you say. I mean, even Scott Carson got a game last week, bless him. I mean, who are they going to bring out this week? Maybe Dennis sure. Law, Racer Hartford, sure. Man City, Nicky Summerby. Yeah, that, that's, that's the concerns. Now, they've, they've got more time than Manchester United because they play, um, I think it's a, a week on Saturday in the Champions League final. So, even after the last game of the season, they've still got a full week's rest and recovery. But it's clearly Man City or past people.
0: Chelsea, Leicester next. Um, Recent head-to-heads. Chelsea have won one. There's been three draws. Leicester have won one. Uh, Obviously, they're coming off this FA Cup final at the weekend. Um, Chelsea, they've won three of the last four Premier League matches. However, they are coming off a 1-0 defeat at home to Arsenal. However, at home to top six sides, their record is good. 1-7, drawn two, lost one. They're coming up against the Leicester side. Who who beat Manchester United two one last time out uh, away at the top six sides one three draw one lost six Leicester have only just lost one of their last thirteen away. This is a vital game, and I I'm just gonna I'm gonna side with Leicester here plus three quarters, and it's gonna be one of my bets. I think I think Leicester can avoid defeat here.
1: Um, well, we, we saw at the weekend that they can even you know when the sides are at full strength they can they can match and and beat Chelsea. I mean, what, what's interesting to me for this game, Pete, is that Chelsea made so many changes last week against Arsenal um, for that FA Cup final. They may live to regret that because they got beat by Arsenal. Yes, they made seven changes Chelsea, but they still had a side on the pitch that should have been able to at least avoid defeat. And that's sort of handed the impetus here to Leicester. Now, obviously, Leicester will <clears throat> be looking at Liverpool and thinking, crikey, we've... we've we're sat in third, but actually if they think about it, they can still drop a place and still get in the champions league. So will they be as willing to, to press forward and attack to win the game? Possibly not, but that in itself helps them because their style is hitting on the counter attack. I mean, the goal line opened two and a half, but it's trended down to two and a quarter. There's probably just a little bit of value with the over on there. Um, but yeah, I think this is going to be a really good game, Pete. And uh well, I might get back in time for it after my uh, journey to Central Bank.
0: Yeah. Everton uh, versus Wolves next. Uh, Recent heads Everton have one-one. Wolves have one-one. Well, Everton. What shall we say about them? Really, Jam two points. points. <laughs> yeah, two points from their last five home matches. You know, coming off a one 0 defeat at home to Sheffield United, which is a very poor result, home to mid-table sides. In fairness, their their record's not too bad: one-four drawn, four lost, two. Coming up against a wall side who've just won two of their last thirteen away, they lost 2 0 away at Spurs. Away at top-half sides, not great either: one-one drawn, three lost, six. You've got to oppose Everton here, but I'm not going to take it. But who knows what's going to happen? Now, I think Walls are quite poor, being poor as well, but Everton terrible at home.
1: Yeah, and we, we know the game plan that Nuno will implement again. They'll look to sit off and be quite sort of defensive. And I watched a little bit of the Spurs-Wolves game yesterday afternoon, not huge amounts, but the, the periods of the game I saw, Wolves looked very dangerous on the break with Adama Traore pouring forward, a very quick and pacey athletic striker that they've got. And I also chatted yesterday morning to an Everton season ticket holder who just kept bemoaning their lack of pace throughout their team. Now, if Triori plays and is able to spring at that Everton back line, they will create some opportunities. Now, Everton, this they've lost nine games at home this season, Pete. And going back through the record books, the only time they've lost more, I think they may even have equaled it, was the 93-94 season in Premier League history. And that was, if you remember, the season where Barry Horn had to score that great goal to keep them up. I mean in each of the five meetings of the side in Premier League action, every game has gone over two and a half goals. So if you're looking from a, a sheer trend perspective, over two and a quarter looks a play. But in those other games, both teams have been far different outfits. I mean, in those a lot of those Wolves out games that have had both him and F and Jota available, and they're still struggling to replace both the one through their own fault of selling him as such, the other through injury. Everton won the first game, this season 2-1 at Molyneux, but as we keep going on about their fantastic away, terrible at home. The one thing that we haven't mentioned yet, and we probably should have done at the beginning of the podcast, there will be fans at these games. Now, yes. Everton yes. are probably the team that's been impacted the most in probably, you know what, Pete, I'm going to say almost European football, because if they had only a half decent home form, they'd be in a Champions League spot, wouldn't they?
0: Yes, yeah. Yeah, easily.
1: I mean, they've been incredible over the last five or so seasons at home. Their, their home record, let me just double-check this, is only the 15th best in the Premier League. So even if they'd only picked up six or seven more points, they'd be in there challenging for the Champions League spot. Can this inspire the toughest players? Who knows? But I definitely won't be touching them,
0: mate. Newcastle, Sheffield United next. Uh... You know, I I just wonder whether Newcastle are on the beach. They've lost their last two home matches, come off a 4-3 defeat at, at, at Tones of Man City. At Tones, bottom six sides, it's not a great um, record. 1-3, drawn five, lost two. Sheffield United, they've, they've won previous to their 1-0 victory away at Everton. They've lost their last seven away. However, they have been fairly sort of resilient in, in certain games. And went out bottom six sides, 1-1, drawn three, lost four. Uh, you know, the value is with Sheffield United plus three quarters, but you, you can't play it, But you just don't know what the, you know, the motivation is.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's very difficult because they won one nil at Goodison Park last night, Sunday night. But I think we'll all accept the only way Sheffield United are going to win a game, more than likely, even more so away from home, is by winning one nil. And in recent weeks, we've seen Newcastle really allowed to play. Now, they got beat 4-3 by Man City. But when you look at those stats, Pete, we talk about possession not meaning anything, and it's what you do when you have it. They had 18% of the ball, but they scored three times against one of the best teams in Europe. So, yes, admittedly, Sheffield United are going to defend completely differently to Man City. But they are creating and taking chances. Now, early this morning, Peter, I downloaded the the great data sheets off uh, the FocusedOnFootball.co.uk website because I suddenly thought, when I looked at these prices, this is quite strange. Newcastle priced below even money. Do you know how many times in their last 75 home games in the Premier League, Pete, Newcastle have been favoured by uh, even money or shorter?
0: Oh, I would say
1: seven. Oh, you sure you haven't downloaded them and had a look? (laughs) Six. Six. And and I know it's not a great data sample, but they've only won three of them. So they're only winning 50% of the games when the bookmakers have them priced odds on. And you must think with Newcastle, the bookmakers must be pretty sure that they're a strong favourite to price them at even money because of the sort of team that you can quite easily price a little bit higher, tempt people in because you know, they're going to let you down. And I think it's this distrust of Sheffield United. They've only won two games away from home all season. I have to statistically lean towards Sheffield United, but as you say, the motivation and whether they really care is the thing that stops you.
0: Spurs Villa. Next, uh, Spurs have won two. There's been no draws at Villa, not one. Uh, Spurs, they won three of their last four Premier League matches, including the 2-0 victory at home to Wolves yesterday. At home to mid-table sides, good. 1-7, drawn two, lost one. They're coming against the Villa side who have got mixed away form, but it's not bad. 1-3, drawn two, lost three in the last uh, eight matches. Coming off a 3-2 defeat away at Palace, away at top six sides, 1-1, drawn naught lost nine. I think this could be some value under three goals here, but as far as the match lines are concerned, Spurs minus one. I I would say there's some small value Villa, but Spurs will be going for that win to to try and see if they can get that place, but I, I, that's becoming more and more unlikely.
1: Well, it's all about motivation for a lot of these games, isn't it, Pete? And at this stage of the season, you would really want to be backing a team that's motivated, and in this game, you've got the motivated team being the superior one on paper and um, Villa are fading the goal line opened at two and three quarters but it's trended up to 3 Um not really sure why because I, I do sense that Spurs could get in a in a relatively comfortable position in this game and then ease off they've won all five meetings of the sides over the last five and a bit seasons won two nil at Villa Park a few weeks ago And interestingly, in the last three meetings of the teams over this and last season, they've scored eight times. So there's something in the way in which Spurs play and the way they create chances that Villa struggle with. So, yeah, with this line being at Tottenham minus one, again, I lean towards Spurs. and I probably agree with you, Pete. The other way to play it is take Spurs to win to nil, which, again, could provide some value.
0: Palace, Chelsea next. Uh, recent heads, Palace have won one. There's been two draws. Arsenal one two. Palace obviously coming off that 3 2 victory uh, at home to Villa, which we tipped up. Um, Palace at home to mid table size, one four, drawn two, lost four. But very mixed home, one two, lost. Two drawn two of the last six coming up against an Arsenal side, won their last three Premier League matches the season that the, the finishing the season fairly strongly. Uh, coming off a good one nil victory away at Arsenal, but away at mid table size, one two drawn four, lost four. I don't really understand the line in this Palace plus one. I, I would prefer to play under two and three quarter goals, but I'm going to leave the game alone. But it's a strange price that I, you would have thought maybe Palace plus three quarters. If you look at the league table, Pete, and you price the teams up
1: from 7th to, say, 10th, a place below Arsenal. This is name recognition, Pete. If West Ham went to Crystal Palace, would they be minus one? No. And they're four points ahead of Arsenal. Would Everton be minus one? No. no. And we often look at these sorts of games where there's a team that are heavily favourite by a goal or more, and you think, well, is there a tactical way in which the home side can sort of gain a foothold in the game? And clearly, in my opinion here, from a tactical standpoint, Palace have a huge advantage with Roy Hodgson. He's been planning for these sorts of games against Arsenal and other similar opponents for seasons. Here, Arteta, yes, they're in great form. Arsenal may win the game. They had a great win last time out. Now, whether there's... They've had extra rest because they played last on Wednesday night, and Palace have played on Sunday afternoon. But Palace had a good result. They come into this game with confidence. There'll be fans in the ground again. I say it, Palace is one of those grounds where you go to where there is an atmosphere, and I'm sure they'll make some good noise. And we 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 talk I wrote in the column this week about Arsenal having an improved. Away from that's one of the things that Arteta has been able to do. They've won nine of their 18 away games, but it's coincided with no fans being in the ground. Now that there's going to be fans in the ground, how are those you know mentally fragile Arsenal players going to react? Clear, clear huge lean towards Palace for me. I'm not going to get involved because, again, I worry about the motivation. We've seen Hodgson get his team motivated for games that you probably think he might struggle to before. But yeah, I'm just going to leave it alone. But clear value
0: with the home team. Burnley, Liverpool next. Uh, Liverpool have been dominant. They've won three. Burnley have won one. At home's top six sides, Burnley's record's not great. One, one, drawn two, lost seven. They're coming off a very poor four 0 defeat at home to Leeds. Indeed, they've lost the last three home, scoring twice and conceding eight. Uh, Liverpool away at bottom six sides. One, six, drawn three, lost one. Come off a, well, a last gasp, two, one victory away at West Brom. They've won five of the last six away matches, Liverpool. My race is suggesting value Burnley plus one and three quarters, but I, I I do like the under three and a half goals. I think that's a big goal line and I'm going to go unders on that. I think, you know, obviously Liverpool have to win it. I think they may win it with the, a little bit of a crowd back in. You know, you don't know, do you? You know, it's, it's, gonna, it's certainly going to inspire Burnley, I would say. So I think, it, you know, it could be one of those usual Burnley ones where they lose by the odd goal. I knew you were going to say that, Pete,
1: because I've been writing the preview this afternoon um, with regards to that, talking about how, in my mind, this is one of those typical Burnley games in this spot where they lose by an 88th minute goal and they lose by one. They've gone 3-3-18 three, three and 18 at Turf Moor against top six play sides over the last five completed seasons. But only seven of those games have been lost by exactly one goal. Only four, though, have come by three or more goals. And I agree entirely, again, in terms of like, Yes, it's not going to be a big crowd at Turf Moor, but it will affect the way Liverpool play, I'm sure. They won't be as gung-ho, potentially. Those Burnley players, they'll just be inspired a little bit more to make that last-ditch tackle, to run that bit faster. And they have struggled at home this season without a crowd. Again, we talk about the way their home form over the years has kept them up this season, not so much the case. Their improved away form has really helped them. Liverpool have won the last three trips to this ground though. They've scored three times in each of the last two meetings here. My concern is the way they lost to Leeds at the weekend, if Liverpool score three goals in this game, will Burnley find a way to, to find the back of the net themselves? Again, agree with you in terms of leaning
0: towards the under, mate. West Brom, West Ham next... Uh... Recent head says West Brom were 1-1, West Ham were 1-1. There's been one draw. West Brom lost two of their last eight home matches. So, they're, they're fairly resilient, as we saw against Liverpool. They were very resilient. I hope to top our size 1-1, draw, three, lost six. West Ham away at bottom six sides, 1-5, drawn three, lost two. Come for one old draw away at Brighton. West Ham, they've had mixed away form, 1-3, drawn two, lost three. It's been a very good season for West Ham. I think the value is here with the home side plus three quarters. That seems quite a high line. You know, West Ham minus three quarters is, is 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 still big to me, even though they are, you know, in the top six. But uh, they've had a good season, West Ham. No real thoughts, though, in this game. I think the value's with the home side. Well, I'm probably going to
1: get battered here now by people tweeting into us because I'm going to sort of go against what I've said previously in terms of this game being priced up on name recognition. And, you know we talk about teams are what they are after 36 games of the season, but sometimes it's about trajectories and directions that teams are going in because West Ham are seventh. You know, you look at Spurs in sixth level on points. Would they be minus three quarters away at West Brom? No, they'd be minus one. So you, you can argue that they might even have a little bit of value. I think Arsenal were minus one the other week when they took West Brom, I think it was West Brom off the top of my head. So in some ways you could say you're getting some value with West Ham here, but I think they've they've blown up, Pete. They've they can use the sort of everybody's against us sort of mentality that you know the league have scheduled these games and every single reschedule appears to have favoured West Ham not getting in the Champions League. They showed great resiliency on Saturday night, went one goal behind at Brighton in the 84th minute. Rescued a point late on, so they've not completely thrown the towel in. But I just think, you know, to to give up more than a half a goal for West Ham away from home, when you know there's also going to be a bit of a crowd in, none of which will be away fans. Yeah, I'm I'm going to have to take West Brom here plus three quarters of a goal. And what made me laugh uh, yesterday, Pete? I think Sam Allardyce looked more annoyed at the end when he lost to Liverpool than the other night when they got relegated.
0: Mm-hmm. I and, think. Uh, you know, I I, I also think on, on summing this up, we've got to be sort of wary that this is the one and only match where these sides will have a, a crowd in this season. Yeah, and,
1: oh, uh, and what I forgot to say, the Burnley game—I don't know if all other teams are doing it. Burnley have given all the tickets away free.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, if we quickly go to—I I, first of all, I'll give you the—I'll give you my bets. I'm going to go Leicester plus three quarters at Chelsea, although obviously with a home home fans in there, Chelsea are going to want to avenge that defeat and I'm going to go under three and a half goals, Burnley Liverpool, but when you look at the games Manchester United, you know, minus one and a quarter to Fulham, you know you know, with a a crowd in there, they're going to, you know, want to do something, Brighton plus one you know, they're going to want to do, you know Palace plus one at home to Arsenal, you know, that's a great opportunity there, you know, Newcastle you know, their fans are going to want something and, you know Probably this is why it's priced minus three quarters. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, looking through, apart from Brighton, Pete, uh, and probably Chelsea, maybe even Everton. <laughs> I would, I quite like the look of most of the home sides, especially home sides if they are receiving a, a start. Um, for my two selections, Pete, I'm all over Manchester United minus one and a quarter. I think it'll be ten thousand. In Old Trafford, I think that's still the, the limit for public transport and everything. So even though 70-odd thousand Old Trafford, it'll still just be 10,000, from my understanding. And then West Brom, plus three quarters of a goal at home to West
0: Ham. I don't don't quite get that line. West Ham have blown up. And uh, yeah, all over the baggies, Pete. Right, I believe we're going to be back Friday, aren't we, for the final podcast.
1: Yes, final so yes, one of the
0: season, mate. Yeah, so we shall be back Friday. Um, and good luck during these midweek fixtures, everybody.
1: Best of luck, everybody.